Welcome to the Fantastic Magic Center. I'm Kent Cummins, and I'm going to share the real secrets of magic. Two weeks ago, I told you that at some point in the future, I would do an episode about environmental magic. Guess what? Today is some point in the future. And it all started at some point in the past, specifically 1994. 1994 was the year after I started Fantastic Magic Camp, the year after I turned 50. So I was 51 with a full-time magic business, and my good friend Chris Walden was quite a bit younger. But he accomplished something that I had not even conceived of, and that was he went to TNRCC, the Texas Natural Resource Conservation Commission, and convinced them that too much environmental training was boring and that if they used magic, they could make it more interesting. Now, first of all, I should tell you that the TNRCC is now the TCEQ, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, and why that name is better than the other name, I don't know, except that some people did call TNRCC Trainwreck because that was a way of remembering the initials. So what do they call TCEQ? Well, it doesn't matter. The government agency responsible for environmental quality in Texas. The TNRCC people thought it was a great idea. They put in a grant to the EPA, another acronym, the Environmental Protection Agency. That's a federal acronym. They put in a request for a grant to fund environmental magic, and it was accepted. Well, Chris was very excited, as you can imagine, but as I mentioned, he was still young, just getting into the magic business, really, and didn't have a business set up. But he and I were friends. He called me and said, hey, could you help with this? So we decided we could use Magic Hotline as the official business structure and we would create the environmental magic kit. Now, almost all of the creative work had already been done or was being done by Chris. He uh, had the idea. He cared a lot about the environment. He and Donna were concerned about the environment. Margo and I were concerned about the environment, I suppose, but we weren't really into it, and Chris was into it. As a result, he had some really good ideas. The first thing we did was get together and start deciding what points do we want to make, what tricks are we going to use. And when you're doing magic with a message, it's very tempting to say, what tricks do I have? And is there some way I could use those to have some sort of an environmental message? But if I do say so myself, and I'm about to, Chris and I were smarter than that. We said, okay, what messages are we trying to promote? And then, how can we use magic to do that, regardless of whether or not we happen to have that particular magic trick? And TNRCC had created a little pamphlet, a very small fold-over folder, I guess, that had a mime on it. It was Six Tricks for Helping the Environment. To be fair, that wasn't the name of it. The cover of the folder says, Creating Environmental Magic. We need a volunteer from the audience. So they already had the idea of a little bit of magic as a way to help 
make people remember the important environmental messages. And when we looked through the folder, we found that there were messages on air quality, messages on water quality, and messages on waste management. And so Chris and I decided six tricks for helping the environment, two air quality, two water quality, and two waste management. So now we had the framework, we had to decide which six tricks were we going to use. Let's start with waste management. The first trick in the book, because yes, of course, we needed to put together a book of instructions and information for anybody that would be using the kit. The first trick was the genie's bottle. Although magic dealers called it the Chinese bottle, we thought that it would be interesting if you could pick up just a plastic bottle that might have been thrown away. In fact, when I was doing the environmental magic show, I actually used a head and shoulders shampoo bottle, which was about the same size and shape, but we didn't have a way to make those up in quantity. So we bought a trick called the Chinese bottle. What it is, is a little plastic bottle that you put a piece of rope into, and then the bottle swings from the rope even though there's no way that there could be anything holding it. And the story, of course, is there's a genie inside, and the genie is holding onto the rope. It's a cute trick. Not the world's greatest, most amazing, but it's easy to do, and it is very puzzling. Wait a minute. How did you do that? And it lent itself to the story of waste management. Everything that you throw away might have some additional value. Reuse things whenever you can. For example, we found this in the trash, but it's got a genie inside, and so on. The second trick for waste management was the flower pan, which magicians call the chick pan, because it was often originally used to produce a live baby chick, or maybe a few of them. But it's a smaller version of what, again, magicians call the dove pan, which is used to produce a live dove, hopefully. And uh, there's even a bigger one called a duck pan, and I'm not going to tell you what that one produces. We took this little pan, and we talked about compost. We talked about how you could use grass clippings, organic wastes, and put them together and turn them from time to time, and water them from time to time, and leave them out in the sun, and all the things that you do to manage compost. And if you do that, you can get a rich, fertile soil that can help you with growing beautiful flowers. When we took the lid off the pan, instead of all the gunk that we had put in it, there were beautiful, what magicians call spring flowers. These are paper flowers that have springs in them so that they bloom with a spring, not in the spring. A very visual trick and easy to do. What about water quality? Well, magicians love a trick that they call the lota, L-O-T-A, we, of course, called it the magic water jug, and it's just a little plastic container that uh, is full of water. You pour the water out, show it empty, and then you pour the water out, show it empty, and then you pour the water out, show it empty, and then you pour the water out, show it empty. And typically you can do this about half a dozen times, each time showing it empty. Each time you're pouring it into a larger opaque tumbler of some sort, and when you're all done, you turn that opaque tumbler upside down and no water comes out, because if you don't take care of your water, it'll be gone. The other water quality trick included in the environmental magic kit 
was Ink to Goldfish, which I talked about in some detail two weeks ago. I will tell you now that it's a glass of sludgy, inky water. You prove that it's really inky, then you cover it up, say the magic words, and when you lift it up, the water is crystal clear with live fish swimming in it. Really pretty cool trick. And uh, it was talking about that trick that made me think, oh, I should tell you more about the environmental magic kit. And so I will. So far, I've mentioned four tricks, two on waste management and two on water quality. And I said we also had two tricks for air quality. The first one of those in the book is the magic light bulb. When I was a kid, they were called the atomic lamp. This is like back in the 50s. Magic light bulb is a very standard magician's trick. It looks like an ordinary light bulb, but it will light up in your hand. Or for the environmental magic kit, we made a little socket that you would normally plug into the wall, but uh, the socket just had bare wires. And nevertheless, when you pulled the chain, it would light up the light bulb. This was an opportunity to talk about the importance of turning light off when you don't need it. And how in order to make the electricity necessary to turn on your lights, you have big factories that can pollute the air, and so forth and so on. The final trick in the book, the sixth trick for helping the environment, and the second one for air quality, it's a trick that magicians call the change bag, and it's a bag on a stick that you put things into and then take something else out of. You show it empty before putting things into it. You show it empty after pulling something else out of it. It is the change bag. It's a very useful and popular magician's trick, not difficult to do. What we did with it is we would show it empty, and then we had uh, three little Hot Wheel-type cars. We talked about how cars on the road create so much pollution. There are ways to get cars off the road, such as we could carpool, or we could take public transportation, or we could walk or bicycle. Each time we talk about that, we put one of the cars into the bag, and then at the end, they all disappear. Anyone who would perform all six of those tricks had a pretty well-balanced and yet very fun and entertaining and amazing performance. And, of course, Chris and I each did performances at various events, like uh, Austin Earth Day and places like that. But that wasn't the main purpose. The main purpose was to put them together into a kit and then sell that kit through the TNRCC. That was primarily, of course, to trainers in Texas. But when trainers in Texas went to national conferences and talked to their peers about this amazing environmental magic kit, the peers would call us, and so we would be selling them all over the country. And they were quite popular for a long time, and still, from time to time, I'll get a call from somebody who says, do you still have those environmental magic kits? And the answer is yes, one closet in the fantastic magic center here in Georgetown is nothing but environmental magic. And that does include some of those kits, plus some of the other things that we've come up with over the years to help train people in the importance of reduce, reuse, recycle, the importance of helping save our environment, just like magic. I should tell you, of course, that we also made a video. Originally, it was distributed in VHS tapes because that's what was the popular thing back then in the early 90s. But eventually, we converted those into DVDs, which were the popular thing at that point. There were actually two videos. 
One video was performance. And what we did was we got a bunch of members of the International Brotherhood of Magicians, the Austin Club, Austin Ring 60, and put together what looked like an, a community meeting. And it was a community meeting about how to help the environment. Chris took the place of the environmental mime that was on the little brochures. I was the leader of the conference, the uh, presentation about the environment. Each of the six tricks was performed by a different member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians. <laughs> I don't remember that we planned this, but by coincidence, we had one white magician, one black magician, one Hispanic magician, one female magician, uh, one disabled female magician, one old, one young. I mean, we just had a really good variety, which I think served us well. And we did it because those were the magicians who were interested in being part of the event. So I'm very proud of that video, but we produced a second video and it was the teaching video. And the teaching video was designed to help people who aren't magicians learn how to do these tricks and how to perform them effectively. Because if you're not a magician, you may not completely understand the presentation techniques and so forth. You may not understand misdirection. You may not know the importance of not telling people the secrets of the tricks themselves because that they lose their impact then. And so every kit had a big oath of secrecy that people were to sign. And we emphasized that on the teaching video. The teaching video said, not for public use. The performance video, which was just under 15 minutes, I believe, people were encouraged to show it at their libraries, at their meetings and so forth, if they didn't have a person available to actually perform the things there. So environmental magic created and inspired by Chris Walden, who is the guy who's going to be editing this, uh, this episode of the newsletter because he edits all of them for me. The business part of it was the coincidence that Magic Hotline happened to have a business so that we had the sales tax permits and all the things that we needed to uh, do that. And oh my gosh, we got an award from the Environmental Protection Agency as one of the best innovative ideas of the year for helping the environment. And we got lots of letters of appreciation. There were schools that used them in their classes and had each of the kids in a class learn how to do one of the tricks and show them to the other people in the school. It was very, very successful, and I'm very, very proud of it. But... The Environmental Magic Kit is why I was reported to the Ethics Board of the Society of American Magicians. You see, there was another Texas magician who did environmental magic programs using Magic with a Message. And I never saw him perform, but from everything I'd heard, he probably had a pretty good show. And he was very upset because... We were giving away the secrets of magic, and, and we were hurting his business. And I don't really think we were hurting his business. If people have the budget, they'd much rather hire a professional presenter than have to do it themselves. Nevertheless, he wrote a scathing letter about how awful I was and how awful the whole project was. 
and that was published in MUM, Magic, Unity, and Might, the official international publication of the Society of American Magicians. And the whole thing was presented to Michael Amar, who was the chair of the Ethics Committee of the Society of American Magicians. Michael Amar happened to know me because he lived in Austin for a while, but he gave it his serious consideration. And in his findings, he said, selling a magic set for $195, or whatever it was we were selling it for back then, doesn't seem like giving away the secrets of magic. Magic sets have always been available, and this one is particularly expensive. And so, no, there's no uh, punishment required. And I believe it has a happy ending because the fact that I was studying the environment in great detail for several years and uh, being taught things by Chris as well as by the TNRCC and the EPA and anything else we could get our hands on, I became a real champion of the environment. And Margot and I, even though we live in an independent living center, a small apartment, we still compost, we recycle religiously because the environment matters. And frankly, if we're going to maintain a good, healthy environment, it's going to take more than magic. I'm Kent Cummins. Join us next time for more tales from the Fantastic Magic Center. And if you'd like even more information, well, join us on our website, fantasticmagiccenter.com. Kent cannot preserve the secret legacy of magic without your support. Start today by going to fantasticmagiccenter.com and clicking the red Join Our Patreon button. <laughs>